The executive director at Clean Energy Canada is congratulating U.S. President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris on the beginning of a historic term in office, saying that among the most significant impacts that is coming with the transition of power is this government's approach to climate change. She says the world's largest economy is positioning itself to compete and lead in a cleaner world, and it's in Canada's economic interest to be inside the tent with our largest trading partner. To speak more to this, please to welcome to the show now the executive director of Clean Energy Canada, Marin Smith. Marin, thanks so much for the time. Great to be here today. Thanks, Jeff. So I guess I'll just kind of start with with uh, this recommitment here from U.S. President Joe Biden when it comes to the Paris agreements. I imagine this is something that, you know, you are very happy to see being taken, a step that, that the president is recommitting to, uh, you know, a greener economy and, and, and reducing emissions. Um, just from a, a, an overall standpoint, before we get into how this impacts Canada, I imagine just the commitment to being a, a greener economy and reducing its emissions over the next uh, four years, at the very least, while Biden is in power has got to be something that you at Clean Energy Canada were very happy to see. Yeah, today is a great day for us here at Clean Energy Canada, but also I think for the world. You know, the signal is very clear. They're rejoining the Paris Agreement. Uh, You know, this president has said they want to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. Uh, So they are sending a clear signal about positioning themselves to compete and lead in a cleaner world. Now, one of the things uh, is kind of being done in the immediate here is revoking the permit for the $8 billion um, XL pipeline. Um, We heard about this plan first being revealed over the weekend, sent some shockwaves through Alberta. I won't get into the economic impacts of that with you, but just in terms of the clean energy implications, uh, this is clearly something that you are also happy to be seeing taking place, is, is that this Keystone XL pipeline won't be going ahead. Yeah, so the first part about, you know, rejoining the Paris Agreement and taking responsibility to address climate change, you know, this is the second part of it, revoking the permit for Keystone XL. This isn't unexpected. We knew that they've been saying that this is what they're going to do. And they're really clear. What they want more of is clean energy and low-carbon goods. And what they want less of is fossil fuels and emissions-intensive products. So there's good news for Canada in that. We have an abundance of clean electricity, clean power that we can sell to our neighbors. Uh, We already do that. Uh, BC sells to California. Uh, Quebec is selling to New England. Manitoba is selling to the states. You know, Joe Biden wants to run America entirely on clean electricity by 2035. That's a very short time frame, really. So there's huge opportunities here. Uh, serious clean energy uh, investment. Uh, there, you know, what more could you want? That, from a market perspective, that is a very clear market signal for us. Yeah, and you talk about selling our own clean power to our neighbors to the south, which is already happening somewhat. You mentioned some of the places that are already doing it, like BC selling to California. What other advantages do you think are on the table here for Canada, given, um, you know, this this commitment to moving to a greener economy in the United States? How else can Canada take advantage of that? Yeah, clean power is just the beginning. Um, Our clean tech sector is one of the strongest in the world. Uh, Here in D.C., we've got Ballard, Ballard Power, who specialize in hydrogen technology. They employ hundreds of people in this. Uh, They are selling overseas, and obviously the U.S. is potentially uh, going to become a bigger 
buyer of BAM Corvus Energy is producing world-class electric ferries. Uh, they're based in Richmond. Carbon Engineering, another company based in Squamish, uh, they sequester carbon. They've just penned a deal with United Airlines. So those are just a few of the many clean technology companies that we have uh, in order for the Biden-Harris government to meet their commitments around reducing carbon pollution, they're going to need our clean technology. So that's the second way. And then thirdly, you know, we have a lot of natural resources. There's been an extraordinary focus on our oil and gas sectors uh, over the last number of years, but we also um, have an abundance of metals and minerals, forest products, agriculture, a manufacturing sector. Uh, so there's all kinds of ways that we can um, grab this opportunity. You know, we could produce low-carbon uh, products for the United States. They're talking about putting a carbon border uh, adjustment on, which means things that have produced a lot of carbon pollution will be taxed higher and things that don't will be taxed lower. But we can use our clean electricity to produce our natural resources and our manufactured products and make them low carbon. So make them have a competitive advantage. So one example uh, would be aluminum. You know, BC's aluminum being produced up in Kitimat is some of the lowest carbon in the world. And right now, uh, we've got Canadian aluminum getting preferential treatment with some companies like Tesla or Apple that have committed to produce low-carbon goods. Uh, you know, the 16-inch Mac Air, I think it is, that came out last year, um, was a prototype of a net zero or a, a low carbon computer using British Columbia's aluminum. So that's an example that we're going to be seeing more and more opportunities. We're going to be seeing a competitive advantage for low carbon products. So we need to, you know, our aluminum is low carbon, but all of our um, natural resources and our manufacturing isn't yet. But we've got clean electricity. We've got the potential to build more. And we need to use that to power our goods and services and gain that competitive advantage. But this is really a race. We are not the only uh, country that's thinking about this. Um, we've got Japan, Korea, Germany, the EU, the UK. All of these countries are also looking to be low carbon and looking to set up their companies and their natural resource sectors to compete as well. So if we're going to succeed here, British Columbia and Canada, we need to move quickly. We're, we're ahead of the game right now. We're ahead in the race, but we could easily fall behind if we don't take action. Do you think also, uh, you know, talking about taking action, um, you know, I think it's been pretty well documented that Canada is a little bit behind when it comes to uh, its commitment through the Paris Climate Agreement um, in trying to lower our emissions. Do you think that with the U.S. kind of jumping back on board and recommitting to the Paris Agreement itself, do you think that helps Canada maybe push the needle a little bit further to make sure it's it's doing all it all we can here in our country to to make sure we hit those targets? It seems like it's probably improbable at this point, given how far behind we are. But at the same point in time, um, maybe it makes it a little bit easier to have our neighbor to the south now kind of joining forces. Well, absolutely, having the U.S. take this position uh, and indicate that they are going to be moving forward on a clean economy and a clean future is going to help Canada do the same. 
they are going to be investing enormous amounts of money to do this. And so that's going to really kickstart the whole market for these goods and services, low-carbon goods and services. Now, Canada did put out a climate plan in December. We did put out, uh, a fed, the federal government put out a plan to meet our target. You know, in that, it included things like uh, $3 billion to help industry decarbonize. So that's a good step. Uh, what we need to do is really make sure that we take action, that we actually start moving on these things uh, and invest in the right places so that uh, our goods and our companies are going to be able to be ahead on this curve. And I think it's not just investments. I think Canada needs to start looking at itself differently and seeing itself as a clean energy economy. Um, and we've been, you know, we, we have a mixed reputation around the world. You know, we're kind of green, but, uh, you know, we're, we're not really seen as green. As you said, we've never actually, until December, we haven't had a plan mm-hmm. to meet our Paris targets. And we certainly are behind, as you said. We need to take some serious actions moving forward in all areas. You know, transportation, we need to accelerate the uptake of electric vehicles and Shifting, uh, you know, here in BC, we've got clean electricity, but across the country, there's places where we need to accelerate uh, moving to cleaner electricity and uh, moving to be have more efficient buildings and electrify the heating system so that we reduce emissions all across the board. Well, I think, uh, you know, this this commitment from our, our neighbours to the south when it comes to the Paris agreements and, and also the cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline, I think are good news in terms of our, our global future and trying to, uh, you know, create a greener economy. So I think this is a, a really important conversation. And, and today is a first step, obviously, with the inauguration of the Biden-Harris administration. You did mention one thing, and I just wanted to touch on it before I let you go here, Marin, but that was in response to um, electric vehicles. And I saw that Clean Energy Canada uh, just had a recent survey regarding electric vehicles here in BC, noting that most British Columbians interested in buying an electric vehicle, about 60% are interested or already own one. Um, I guess, do you see that? Um, I know that the, the province here in BC also has a commitment to, to stop selling um, gas guzzling vehicles here within the next uh, 15 years. Um, I just was curious, were you surprised at how many people, when you look at this survey, look at this data, that there are still one in five, though, who are not interested at all, really, in, in owning an electric vehicle at this time? I'm, I'm focusing on the four in five that are interested in owning one. Um, that's really changed very quickly. Uh, and I think British Columbians are seeing that actually, you know, as the electric vehicles have improved, they've got a bigger range now uh, as there's more charging stations and people are understanding that you can use them in cold conditions, uh, that, that, you know, other countries like Sweden and Norway have large numbers of electric vehicles and they've got similar climates. Um, so people are understanding that an electric vehicle will work, will work for them. So I think that's good news. I think it's one area where uh, the province could actually accelerate. We, we now got California, Massachusetts, who are committing to phase out the sale of gas guzzling vehicles, as you put them, by 2035. And if you look at the stats, and last year we sold 9% uh, of new cars were electric vehicles. So we're quite, you know, we're moving quickly on this, and I think we could accelerate the uptake of electric vehicles. 
Yeah, well, I like your positive attitude. Focus on the four and five who are interested. And I do think that one and five will change over time. You mentioned as technology progresses um, and, and people see the advantages and, and don't sort of look at the, the reasons not to buy one. We'll all start to look to the reasons to buy one. So it'll be an interesting shift over the next decade, I'm sure. Thank you so much for your time, Aaron. I really appreciate it. I think this is an important conversation, and uh, I guess this is really just the beginning based on what's going on south of the border today. So thanks for the time, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I I agree with you. This is a good day for the planet, for the future, you know, for our kids in terms of taking action on climate change. And I think it's going to be a really interesting few years uh, as both south of the border and here in Canada, I think we're really going to start to see some changes in the way we power our economy and in what we're producing and and selling to others around the world. Great stuff, Maren. We'll, we'll, We'll catch up soon. Thanks so much. Thank you.